Let's talk for a minute about the New Covenant. The New Covenant starts off in Deuteronomy. It is repeated in Isaiah. It is repeated in Ezekiel. It is repeated in Jeremiah. And it is repeated in Hebrews, book of Hebrews. But it's essentially the same in all of those places. The wording is slightly different. First off, it's with Israel. It's not with Gentiles. There are no covenants in Scripture with Gentiles, except perhaps the Noah covenant. He makes a covenant with Noah, but all the rest of the covenants are with Israel. And the terms of the covenant are Israel and Judah are reunited. They are brought back and they are put in the land. God circumcises their heart, and he is their God and they are his people. That's the new covenant. Now, there's variations on how that's said. So, for example, in Ezekiel it said, I will take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. In Deuteronomy it said, I will circumcise your heart. In Hebrews and Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31, 33. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. And that's reunited Israel, not northern kingdom. And this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So that's the equivalent of removing the heart of stone. It's the equivalent of circumcision of the heart, is God will write his Torah on your heart. So it's said different ways in the different recitations of it. So Deuteronomy, it's circumcision of the heart. Ezekiel, it's removing a heart of stone. Jeremiah, it's writing the covenant on your heart, but it's all essentially a heart change. And it's, again, with Israel reunited, that's the new covenant. There aren't any Gentiles in there. There isn't any Sunday church in there. There isn't any of that stuff. I will gently suggest that we are not living under the new covenant as we speak. Israel is not reunited. Only part of Israel is back in the land. I don't know about you, but I haven't had my heart circumcised. I'm still working on that one. And what it says is, at the end, he will say, you need to work on that all your life, but I understand you're not going to be able to do it perfectly. So at the end of the exercise, I will do it for you. And in every case, it's God that does the heart circumcision. I will circumcise their heart. I will take their heart of stone out and give them a heart of flesh. I will write my covenant on their heart. This is not something Israel does, it's something God does. I can take you to Ephesians chapter 1, which is a good place to be, and I'm in 1 verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who are the first to hope in Messiah might be to the praise of his glory. In him also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed by the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, you were sealed in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit then becomes your claim check, your marker, your guarantee that you do in fact have an inheritance and you are going to be included in the new covenant. The inheritance is land, so when you're moved into the land that is yours forever, you are now living under the new covenant. But it's something that is future. 
and you have a marker or a claim check or an earnest, it's, it's translated various ways in various Bibles, but he's your marker, the thing that gives you to know that you're going to get it. And understand that when I say there are Gentiles who are going to remain Gentiles forever, that doesn't mean they're not in the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean that doesn't make it past the lake of fire. It doesn't mean that they don't worship God. All those kinds of things. They just have a different lineage and a different function. And if you want to join Israel, God bless you. God created us all. Everybody from the hot and tot in South Africa to the Eskimo in the North Pole. I mean, he created us all. And he loves us all. That doesn't mean that we all have the same calling. It does mean that we all have the potential to be in the new heaven and the new earth, living in God's kingdom. Let's, let's read it. Revelation 21, verse 22. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. So everybody there is written in the Lamb's book of life, it looks like the inhabitants of the city are the same as the inhabitants of the camp of Israel. They're Israel. And their function is priestly. And around that city you have the nations with their kings who are, oh, by the way, born again. They are resurrected from the dead. Let's now take this and let's back it up to Israel before the exile. And what I'm going to suggest to you is the way Israel was set up to function before the exile is the way the new heaven and the new earth is going to function. In the new heaven and the new earth, you have the 12 tribes. In Israel, before the exile, you had the Levites. In the new heaven and the new earth, you have the kings and the nation that come in through the open gate and bring their glory and stuff into Israel. In Israel, before the exile, you had the Feasts of Ascent, where the tribes who were not members of the priesthood would come up to Jerusalem and bring the same kinds of things into Jerusalem. So what I'm suggesting to you is that Israel, before the exile, was a model, if you will, of the new heaven and the new earth. And it's just magnified by a factor of 12. So instead of having just Levi handle the duties of ministering to God in the temple, you now have all of Israel handling those duties as they were originally designed to do. And instead of having the 12 tribes living outside of Jerusalem and coming up three times a year to the feasts, now Israel resides in the New Jerusalem and the nations come up to do the feasts. So what I'm suggesting to you is that the way God set up his kingdom before the exile, before Israel went into apostasy and so forth, you can look at that 
and you can see how the new heaven and the new earth are intended to function. Et ta